Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. Another unnumbered episode because we're sort of recording them so fast and furious. We don't even want to stick numbers to them. Exactly. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing okay today. Freezing my ass off, but uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? Yes. In Michigan, it has a feel. we feel like we're three degrees right now. Yeah. In Illinois, we're minus six right now. Nice. So, yes, it's. That's going to make great. it even harder when we speak with our guests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I wearing shorts, but anyway, you know, it's it's funny, um, because our uh, I lost my train of thought. Neil, holy cow! Hmm. That's very, fine. Very, that, that's fine because I'll pick it up. Because very to... professional. No, I was going to say our our our. Uh, I've actually been trying to get our guests on for quite a while, uh, and I'm excited to do it for a couple reasons. A, because I absolutely love the record he put out last year. Had a big hand in. And also because, what was the second reason, Neil? Oh, because he's from the South, and we hardly ever get to talk to anybody from the South. Well, also, Tom, it's it, it wasn't just you loved it. You actually had it as your number one album of the year. I did. Yeah. I reviewed it, and I was, I, I'm was i still thrilled with it. I just listened to the first record today, and I my feelings have not changed. I love it. I think, it's, I think everybody should listen to this record. But anyway, without further ado, so we have with us today Zachary Bowden. His friends call him Bo, I understand, and I yep. think... After an hour or so, we'll either be best of friends or mortal enemies. So we're going to call you both. That's cool with you. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Good, man. We're glad. We're glad to have you. Um, how's the weather down in uh, the dirty south? Well, wait a minute. Let me close my let me close my car window. Oh, shut up! Windows open, and actually, right now, I, oh, the bugs are hitting my bare arms as I'm hanging them out the windows. It's like 55 degrees. How, dude, how you doing? dude, the funny see, thing about that, the, bugs, see? the funny bugs, all our bugs are dead. The funny thing about that, the funny thing about that, I had to have open windows this morning, but that's because the windows were iced up and I couldn't see there out of them. Go. So you know, <laughs> so we, we had snow about a week ago, and it lasted for about a day, and it crippled the whole city. Everybody just uh, yeah, laid no down shit. and died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like well, England, man. That's like England. If England gets any snow at all, the whole country comes to a standstill for a week. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't do that. We just we're out there trudging around. I've, I like fell down four times in two days, just like oh, falling down in snowbanks and stuff. But that's because you were hey, drunk. But uh, you know. Well, yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> but hey, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a question that I've had forever. And nobody can seem to give me a straight answer on it. So when you guys first started out, there was some kind of a connection to arguably the greatest Atlanta punk band of all time. The even though you guys might be able to get that mantle here in the next couple of years, the Antiheroes. What is your connection? What is the uh, what is Antagonizer ATL's connection to the Antiheroes? Uh, well, you know, years ago when we first started. Um, Mark McGee was Mark McGee was the original was our original guitar player, and Mark McGee plays uh, uh, play, played guitar for Antiheroes. So that's how that's how we first started off. With Mark McGee was our guitar player. Uh, uh, Richard was the um, other guitar player. B- Billy was on bass, and Eric was on drums. So yeah, so when we first started off, Mark McGee was in the band, and uh, his wife ended up getting uh, very very ill, and then he had to leave the band because of it. Ah, so was he on? Did he play on any of the recordings then? Uh, you know what? Yes, he yes he did, and I forget which ones, but yes, he did. He was in the band for, ooh, I don't want to misspeak, but he was in the band for several years. So when was that? Like like twenty ten or something? When, when you guys first started? No, oh, when we first started, yes, yes, that would have been correct. About two thousand, right, right. Our first uh, seven inch came out. Hold your ground came out before street punk, rock and roll. Um, I'm gonna say probably 
one. It's 2009, maybe. Okay. 2009, 2010. Cool. And we so went how, we went bands before that? How'd you guys come together? Uh, yeah. He, so you guys are all, none of you guys are spring chickens, right? No, no, no. Everybody's been, everybody's veterans. Uh, I was in a, uh, my first story band I was in was Vibram 94 out of uh, New York City. I lived in Jersey City at the time. And then uh, I sang in a band called Cutthroat out of Cleveland. Um, and then, uh, when I got, then I lived in North Carolina, and I actually started a band uh, called Antagonizers, and uh, um, we're you know a loose band and put out a record, and then I moved to Atlanta, and Richard, the original guitar player with us now, still with us, and me decided to uh, continue on, carry it on, record new songs, and uh, add the ATL, so everybody knew there was a different band, and we've been Antagonizers ATL ever since. Oh, that, see, that's actually funny because I figured the ATL was because there was another Antagonizers. I never imagined it was your old band that you had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my band and a whole different, a whole different lineup. And um, it, you know, it was good times. You know, um, but uh, when we we started with it and rebranded everything, uh, we went a little more of a, a little different direction, real rock and rolly. And Richard's a phenomenal guitar player. He's been in bands like, oh God, he's been in uh, APA, No Holds Barred. Uh, Oh, man, he's probably been in like four or five different bands over the years. So are you not, so you're not a Southern originally? I was born and raised in Cleveland, actually. So I was born and raised in Cleveland. I know that you wanted to talk to somebody from down South. So I've been down <laughs> well, you live there now. It's close. It's close enough. You live down there now. Yeah, I've been down here. I've been down here over a decade. So, um, so how, you know, how did you end up down there of all places? You know, I used to, uh, I was in the, well, let me think for, for a minute. Well, I moved to North Carolina after. It was a woman. I got. It was a woman. You know, let's make it easy. It was a woman. I I met a woman at a show in South Carolina. She lived in Atlanta. I had a really lot of friends in Atlanta. I'm like, great. Now I could come live with her, and I can hang out with friends at the same time. This is perfect. I was like, I told her one day I'm moving in. Yeah, you're 100 correct. I would say lucky guess, but that's all musicians, right? That's 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 always the reason. It's never they never move for a band. They always move for a woman. No, no, it was the woman. The woman was, and then you know, and then she becomes a magnet, and then, uh, then I all of a sudden I move there for the woman. I take my band with me. There you go. I can't so, tell. I can't tell if he's being serious or if he's joking around right now. To, to be honest, I, I was well, it's funny. <laughs> okay. It, it is it is true, Neil. You meet musicians like, oh, how'd you end up down there? Well, I met a woman. I swear that's the that's like you know if you were playing Family Feud, sure. number one answer for why musicians move: met a woman. Ding 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 ding. But, Agreed all day long. But you know that probably is true for like architects too, if we're being honest, right? And like plumbers. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the number one reason why men move anyway, anywhere, ever. No, I don't. Think, I don't think plumbers are meeting too many women on the road. I think they're pretty much doing all their gigs at home. You know. Especially in Chicago. Traveling pipe fitter. There you go. There you go. I'll tell you what. I got to open a beer. um, What? You drinking a beer, Neil? Nice. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking ice water. Why don't we stick it? Why don't we play the title track from that EP, that first EP? Uh, Hold your ground. Let's throw that. Okay. Let's throw that in. You know, it's funny because you. Uh, Bo and I have been communicating by email, which is kind of clunky. So usually I make the artist pick out their own songs. But I actually like went ahead and picked out a bunch of songs for you today. Now, if you That's want great. something specifically played, nope. you let me know. But I like we played Black Clouds, we played Worries, we played uh, Problems, which yeah. is probably my favorite song on the record. We played a lot of that stuff. So, so I picked out some that we didn't play and a couple of oddballs. Neil, I think Neil really would love to hear maybe that uh, Saints cover before it's all over. But we'll we'll see. But let's let's start oh, out with nice, the, uh, nice, nice. Yeah, and some of the songs have some cool meanings and cool stories behind them too. So. 
that's a cool. uh, uh, hold your ground is, a, is a definitely a favorite. Well, right. what's, so what is what is it? What is well, should we hear it first? So are you, Let's hear it I first. Assume, I assume you're the OK. We'll play the song first. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. And then we'll get Let's back to that. Deal. OK. So, yeah, this is uh, Antagonizes ATL with uh, this is off the first single, right? First and this DP, is, right? Yeah, first yep. DP. And this is Hold Your Ground. This is not a sad story. It's just life. Antagonizes ATL tonight. That was Hold Your Ground off of their first EP. So, what's the so meaning behind you, that one, buddy? And are you the main lyricist for the band? I assume. Uh, yes. Not, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say about ninety percent. Ninety percent of the lyrics. Okay. 
But yeah, hold, hold your hold your ground was uh, just for the hell of it. Hold your ground had a really meaningful uh, uh, meaning behind it because growing up, I was I, well, you know, I was I was part of that uh, bully syndrome. So I got a lot of bullying when I was when I was young. I was a kid. That's why mm. on the cover of the EP, there's a guy with a with a, there's a kid with a fist up like he means business. He's been pushed around for a long time. So those lyrics in the song are pretty true. Now we've never met in the flesh, but you don't seem like a small guy at this point, right? Uh, no, I'm about six three, two twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not getting pushed around too much anymore. No, no, I don't do any. No, I don't. Of course, at these crazy oi shows, some of these guys are so insane. Nobody cares. They'll throw a punch anyway. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just try to. I just try to be cool with everybody, man. That way, no one's trying to step up. Sure. So, so there's a five-year gap between the records. Yeah. Right. Between between the first record and the new record, did you? Uh, is it just family stuff, business stuff, or are you just are you just not? What it's just, it's kind of uh, you're not really cranking out like the LPs. Is it just because you wanted to get right. it right, or what was the gap of of the five year gap between the two records? Did a lot. Did, well, you you gotta think about it. It was really four years for us because we recorded the album a year before it got released. Okay. So that, that that's the first thing, and then what we did is we played a lot of shows. So we we toured uh, the hell of that that album, and 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 we released several EPs, or several uh, split EPs. One with DDC, one with uh, 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 the Queers, uh, right? Mark Lynn, the Queers, and another one with Warning Shop, Mark Mark Lynn's band from Ducky Boys. Hmm. So we did okay. we, we did one. That was the last. Uh, and then right before the album, we did a, a four band split with Noise, Root, Pride, and Crimp. So oh yeah, yeah, goes, I got that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we released three split seven inches within those four years and toured a lot, um, and then uh, and and then I, we made some serious uh, member changes. We moved around a lot. We went from a four piece to a six piece. Wow, six piece. So, so yeah. So so now you have two guitars again. Mm-hmm. And you have a full time keyboard player. Is that what it is? Full time organist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Billy Billy Fields was our original bass player. Now he plays keyboards for us. So we have okay. all but one member of the original lineup still in the band. Oh, no kidding. Um, mm-hmm. so you can you can actually I think you can hear the so the difference because so Neil and I were debating today privately, you know, before we talking to you the sure. merits of the of the two albums. Because oh, the yeah, first album is different. Well, it's definitely more stripped down. Well, and, and it was funny because he said he preferred the first one. I preferred the second one. Okay, nice. But the, but they have a different sound. The first one is definitely more stripped down, where the second one definitely, I almost it almost has like a wall of sound to it to me. You know, like a I mean a okay. punk wall of sound. You know, not like a okay, not like, like Bill a Bill Specter wall, wall of sound. So was this was this sure. something that you just kind of came across in the studio, or was this like, man, we're gonna do something different with this record? Um, wanted to do something different with the record. The first record we did was a well. The first record was a combination of all of our uh, us members. You know, different songs that we've had, different songs we created, we worked you know worked on, maybe brought to the table, what have you. So it was a really good mixture. Um, and uh, Joe Queer actually recorded it and produced it. So he put he he, he was the recording artist behind our first album in his own studio. Um, and, so and he always does a real bare bones. He's got a real bare, bare bones, bones sound. Not a bad yeah, sound, but just definitely a, a very it's raw. It's a raw, sound, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh, and that's Joe. You know, that's just that's his style. Um, but when we but when we changed the members up and we changed some of the songwriting and we brought in Win Win um, on guitar 
He's also in a band called Faskins from Phoenix. Been around for a long mm. time. Yep. Um, so he's from Faskins. And then we brought this guy, Don, who... Don, um, Don Tonic is probably one of the best drummers that I've come across in my time. I mean, this is a guy that like played drum throughout high school and, and, and tried out for big-name bands and stuff like that. He just loves playing drums. So when he brought the solid instruments in and added key, ability to keyboards, you know, we the songwriting took a little bit of a change, and it kind of went more the direction that I was trying to, a little more anthematic, um, anthematic to it. And uh, the other thing is we recorded in a totally different studio, and uh, it has a little bit more of a polished sound to it, from what I'm told. So I just wanted to, it, I wanted the next it does, album but not to really too... take a different spin. Yeah, I would say it's polished, but not too polished to me. No, no, you know, I hate the too polished records. Yeah, it's not overproduced or overpolished. It just it's just not as raw because I really want to... No, I think we lost it. You're going to hear, hear oh, the keyboards, go. you know. Yeah. So those different things really matter when you when you have six people. You got to really be able to distinguish all the different instruments. Well, to I mean to me, um, the first album is a lot more rock and roll than the second one. The second one is almost nice. a straight oi um, street punk album, whereas the first one there's okay. a lot more rock and roll to it. I think. I mean, it was, it was nice. almost some of the songs are almost verging like social D like kind of thing. So I would I, I was sure. just really digging sure. that. Well, I dig them both, but um, yeah, I mean there, no, there is a okay. nice change between the two the two albums for sure. We've well, always had the a other... little heavy rock and roll influence to us, so we try to maintain that within the albums. I think the I think for me, Neil, it comes down to because I love that first album too. It's got some great songs on it. Matter of fact, I gifted Neil a beautiful copy of that record, didn't I, Neil? It was black and red or something. You did. It is black wow, and red yeah. split. Yeah, yeah. It's it's excellent. Yes. Um, I have a maroon one. I wish I would have given him the maroon one and ah. kept the black and red split, but that's yeah, all right. That's, that's all right. The maroon. I would have too if I were you. <laughs> the maroon one's nice too. That's okay. <laughs> We, get, you know what? He's given me more records than I've given him, so it's all right. It's all good. Yeah, but, it's all good. Uh, but no, what I was gonna say to me, I just, I do think the songs. I think at the end of the day, I think maybe he prefers the production of the first love record better. But I think the songs on the second record, I, I think the songs are so good. I think the songs are taken to the next. I just think the songs are better at the end of the day. We can, you can tell, you, know, the, you can tell the songs are very polished on Kings. You can tell they've worked on them a long time. Well, I just. That's the, good. That's a good thing. And, and, and the, and the thing reason is, is because we, we all wrote that, that album all together. So, you know, so as a, as a band for the, you know, all, all the members of the band, like, you know, we actually, you know, we actually came together and wrote that. So when you have new members and a new different uh, energy, yeah. you know, that kind of, it kind of brings a different little twist. And that's kind of what, what Wynn helped do and Don helped do is bring that, bring that twist and just kind of like, you know, liven things up a little bit. Well, that's actually an interesting topic because do you could you find, though, that having six members, it's almost too many, and there's too many opinions going in there, so you can't get a – difficult to get a final song kind of thing. There's, there's just too many opinions. And Was there yeah, any of you that? You know, it's very easy, it's really easy going. You know, there's we, – we checked any – you know, nobody has an ego, and – and everybody leaves it at the door if there was even was one. We don't bring any any baggage into our rehearsal space. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we've all made an agreement that you know whatever is it's not about what I want to do. It's about you know what's going to be in the best interest of the band and what's going to what's going to help make the song sound better. Okay. I might have a vision, but just because I have a vision doesn't mean I, I don't want to hear what you have. You know, you might have something I didn't think about that makes it sound even better. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, um, I, I, yeah, we, I'm, I'm thinking it's pretty cool. We've been together as long as we have, and you know, we don't, we don't, we don't have blowouts or arguing, arguing, and we were able to really just coincide together pretty strong. And I guess that's one of the advantages of having older guys in the band, actually. You know, you could be all been in bands before, and you know the, you know, you know the routine, and yeah, you're able to check your egos, like you say. Well, yeah. And you, yeah, you're 20. You break up your band because some little thing is so important to you, and you look right. back when you're 30 and go, "What was I thinking, man? What was the big deal?" Right. Yeah. And then in your 40s, you got jobs, you got families, you got stuff. Yep. Stuff costs money. Your time is of the essence. You don't have time to muck around. So you get you, you get to band practice, and it's, it's time to get down to business and have fun. But yeah, well, and also you actually can appreciate it. That's the sad thing is like it's sort of wasted. Being in a band is sort of wasted on the young. You almost have to be old to really appreciate how how cool it is or how, <laughs> well, how special know, it was. Do, yeah, right? how special yeah, it exactly. was. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's throw on. Let's play the title track from the new album. Let's play Kings. Okay. Nice. Give give that a spin, DJ. Let's <laughs> let's spin. So this is Kings, the title track from the new Antagonizers ATL from. 2021, early 2021. Well, you did it yourself, uh, so I don't need to talk it up. Okay, Kings.
DraftKings there from Antagonize's I ATL. Thought I, I thought I played DJ. I yeah, you did DJ play. You did play DJ. Yeah, which is just as well. The other, the other thing that struck me about this record, the new record, which is probably not new to you, because like you said, you probably recorded like 2019 oh, or okay. 2020. It's still, it's still, we rocked that other one out for five years, like Iron Maiden. So there you go. Yeah. To us. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't even have any eight-minute songs on it, like Iron Maiden. No, no, no. We ran out of. Maybe your next. Maybe your next album. So uh, the the thing I think the reason this resonated so much with me in 2021 is I even though it's got a lot of songs about kind of difficulties in life I swear it's got an underpinning of optimism. I mean, is that was that your intention? Um, I think so. I mean, that's that's pretty much how I am naturally. I'm very optimistic and very positive, and try to find the good and the bad, and you know, swinging your down type mentality. So. I can see how that would resonate in there. Especially, well, especially the way the last couple of years have gone in general, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think it just hit right the right way at the right moment, the right time. And it, it just, and, and we, we were recording the album while everybody was still locked down. Mm-hmm. So by the time, you know, we were, we were able to be one of the first people to come out with a record, you know, right after the elections and all that, all the BS was over. Um, where we want to first ones to be able to, to launch a record and a, and a platform for everybody to hear. That was what was crazy, was actually. Timing. That was what was crazy about it making Tom's number one, I thought, was that you released it so early in the year. And so, you know, mm. um, I think it was January, right? It was like January yeah, 20th yeah, or something yeah. so like that. Yeah, you're ago this month. Yeah. yeah. Like right now. It's easy to ago. forget about a record that yeah. comes out early in the year when 100%. you're at the end of the year trying to look yeah. back. And so many albums come out towards the end of the year that, you know, sure, older stuff sure. can get buried, yeah. Well, what I did, you know, at the end of the year, I took the records that were my favorite from early in the year, and I listened to them again. And I'm like, well, it still hits me the same way it did early in the early in the year. The other thing is, when you're doing like a, you know, because I've written for all these years and I always do a best of list, you always have one album early on where it's like, okay, that sets the bar. Anybody who wants to make the best record of the year has to make one better than that. And that was me in January with that record. It was like, uh, it was like, it was the, like drowns. the drowns, it's like the drowns, the drowns the 2020. Yep. That drowns record. It's like okay, if anybody wants to make yeah, the best record of the year, mine. it's gonna it's gonna have to be better than mine. the drowns. Under, that was great. under tension. Yep. Yeah. That yep. was great. That was my record of the year the year before. I was like, man, how the hell am I? Not, and it, we don't look at it in a competitive way, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, how the hell do you top that? Because that record was perfect. It was amazing. Well, have you heard the new single? Um, you know what? I just got it in the mail the other day. It sounds really good. We just played a bunch of shows with them too, which is really cool. So we're able oh, do to. You... Uh, Oh, okay, we out west, or where were we playing? Yeah, we we played we played Crash Fest, um, in uh, oh California, uh, Southern uh, California. I've never seen that. Yeah, in October. So, um, we played with the Drowns in San Diego. Um, we played with them in uh, L.A., Pacifica, and I think like one more place too. I'm dying so to really hear the cool. new. I think they have a new record coming out at some point. I don't know they haven't announced it yet, but I'm dying to hear it. Um, I like the new single. I think it's fun, but it's not. It's certainly not what you expected, right? No, it's not. You know, um, you know. But it's it's for me as as a musician, I kind of like it because I like when you can kind of break away from what people are expecting and and do what you want to do for because whatever reason it hit you. And I, and, you know, I think they might have been going for a particular style on that particular song. And yeah. There's also a cover song on there also. So I think the yep. two songs kind of go together pretty well. Well, and I think it's, uh, I think, I assume they put out as a single maybe because it wouldn't work with the record. That's kind of my assumption. But mm, that's a good idea. 
but it's it's call. interesting. But I, yeah, I'm dying to hear their new record. They we we had Rev on. He's a he's a, he's an awesome dude. We love we love those guys. So yeah. Um, well, it's it's funny because when I originally, you know, I have we have a mutual friend at Pirates Press, and last year or at the beginning of last year, I, I there was a couple things that I was really into. I'm like, hey man, uh, we'd love to talk to Susie Moon, and I'd love to talk to somebody from uh, Antagonizers ATL. Yeah, Susie's great. Nice. We got to meet her in Chicago, um, and uh, and he hooked me right up with Susie Moon. He said, hey, I got the guy for you, both from Antagonizers, and then I think he kind of forgot about you. And then I ordered a record from you later in the year for, like, Bandcamp Friday, so I got your email, so I just went straight to you. I'm like, hey, dude, you want to come on? Said, sure. So, anyway, here we are, like, eight, eight, nine months later, so that's all right. Well, and that's another thing with uh, Kings. Hey. That's another thing with Kings is, I mean, the songs are really, really good, obviously. Like I said before, you clearly polished up the songs, but the whole presentation of the album is fantastic. Pirates Press did such a great job with oh, that, with the album, from yeah. the artwork to the they always to do. the to the, go, to the gold fo- uh, gold foil on the cover to the vi- you know the whole thing is just a really, really slick package. Um, that's yeah, off, really, that's really, off to them. Really is. We got really lucky. We got a great artist. Um, his name is Todd Huber. Uh, he does all the art for uh, uh, all the posters and flyers for Punk Rock Bowling. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, oh, cool. uh, Todd's just an amazing guy, an amazing artist. And he's actually the same guy that does all of our videos, too. Okay. Okay. So just kind of a little, pl- little plug there for the guy. Yeah, I, I know that name there for some go. reason. Uh, I'm going to look him up for a second and see how I know that uh, name. How'd you, how'd you guys end Go ahead. No, I was, no go ahead. Finish Go ahead. Uh, he had, uh, I'm trying to remember, the, um, he uh, um, used to own a clothing company called, um, I think, Felon Clothing hmm. was his, hmm. and, he did, and he did a lot with, uh, um, not Sourpuss, um, Lucky 13. He, he, oh. he worked a lot with Lucky 13 also. Okay, that might be where I know okay. it's from, because I've got some Lucky 13 stuff, yeah. So it might, might, might be that, and uh, just one, one of the promoters in L.A., I was looking for somebody to um, shoot my video, and he recommended me to Todd. And he shot our. He's actually we got a fourth video coming out right now, um, shot by him. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he he came out to shoot for us, and uh, we clicked very well, became friends really fast. And um, now he's on a fourth video, and did our um, artwork, and drew a, a t-shirt for us, and came out filmed the queers also at the same night, and did a video for them, and. Yeah, so he's all of a sudden part of the family. Hmm, that's cool. How'd you guys end up hooking up with uh, Pirates Press? You know, that's a that's a pretty cool story. Um, we were our first EP was on Longshot Records, which was like, kind of like a subsidiary. They pressed through it's Pirates like Euro- Press. It's like a European label, isn't it? Uh, that's is Mike. That? Uh, uh, Mike, he plays bass with Alternative Action, uh, uh, Bishop Screen's first band. I think that's who it oh, is. Oh, okay. Uh, and okay. but he works. He worked in Pirates Press, and had, and he ran his little label, not little label, but he ran his thing out of there. Um, and uh, so he put out Hold On, Hold Strong. I mean, Hold Your Ground, rather, with with, with them. But uh, what happened is we were touring with Gang Green, and we played the Parkside in San Francisco, and the Pirates Press family was there. And uh, mm-hmm. we were actually because of our affiliation with Gang Green, we were getting ready to put the album out on Tang Records. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, there was a there was a breakdown in time and communication with with Tang, and not a breakdown in us. Just we weren't communicating very well. Um, just you know, keep missing each other and stuff like that. And Skippy's like, you know, hey, how would you like to be on Pirates Press? Just like, where do, where do we sign? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> and he took us what? back to the office and toured us around and 
the rest is history. It's funny because Tang, <laughs> Tang was Antihero's label, actually. At least, I yeah. don't know if they put the stuff out originally, but I know all their stuff was on. I'm waiting for them to repress American Pie. I'll pay whatever they want. Just repress it. Um, Ooh, but uh, but it's funny because we've we've had a, a handful of artists on who have been on Tang, and they, they, a lot of them, you know, they don't have a lot of great things to say. Meanwhile, we've never had a bad bad mouth Pirates press, so you probably it was probably for the best. Oh, I did. We did. We we definitely made the right choice. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it I, at meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, you know, it's it, I still buy Tang stuff all the time from their back catalog sure. when they repress it because they had so much great stuff they put out over the years. Well, and that's the thing. They do a lot of repressing, right? And they don't do a lot of yep. new bands at all. We would have actually, Not very we often, would have no. Been, we would have been the first new band since they put out a Lemonhead album or something crazy. I mean, wow. it was stupid. So <laughs> it was 30 years. Was, yeah, we would have, yeah or, I mean, I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious, but I mean, it was like so long since they've done a new band. And you got to ask yourself, you know, well, what well, what kind of launch are you going to get? So, you know, that's where they to push it. Oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, you can't. They they are so amazing to work with. We're we're so blessed now to be able to be able to be part of that family. Well, well they, I'll tell you what. Why don't we play? Why don't we play another song from the new record, Neil? Sure. Which one do you want to do, my friend? I don't know. I don't have the list in front of me. You probably do, though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, actually, you know what? You didn't tell us. Um, Kings, the last one that we played. What is uh, what is that one about? Well. Uh, you know, Kings is basically um, just about, you know, it's honors, fights, people by my side. I got my brothers and sisters and many more you'll find. It's just more of a universal song of unity. You know, that, you know, we, mm. that, that's the great thing about the scene is, is that, uh, you know, no matter where we go, you know, you're, you're, we're going to find people that we know and we automatically stick together. So, um, you know, and it's a little, little tongue in cheek, a little having fun, you know, Kings is, you know, alleys and sidewalks and you know that's some of that you know is from the the younger days of you know just the momentum in life and stuff but at the end of the day it's really song about solidarity unity and uh just coming together no matter where it is that you're you're at in the country or the world wow very, very cool. i thought it was i thought it was like bragging like gangster rap like the <laughs> yeah well it could, it, you know well if you think about it we're just all bragging together there you go <laughs> there you go, there you go. Well, it's up, well, it's, well so it's, uh, earlier. No, I was going to say because we're going to play so another song, ago, right? We're going to play another song, Tom. Yeah, let's do. Let's do. Hold, hold, uh, hold, hold on, hold, hold on, strong. Hold strong. strong, love it. Okay, there you go. There we hold go. Hold on, hold strong. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say because you mentioned it earlier accidentally. So let's go ahead and play that one. All right, <laughs> hold on, hold strong by Antagonizes ATL. Stop. 
was Hold On, Hold Strong from uh, Antagonizes ATL. And that one is about something similar, Bo, is it? Or what? what is that one about? You know, that one's, you know, that one's pretty cool. I, I mean, it's, it's not really about coming together as much as putting, putting your hand out, realize that people are in pain and, you know, you, someone might need help and just put your hand out for them. They need that outreach hand. And not, a lot of times people don't ask for help and just pay attention to your friends, pay attention to people. You know, there's people that, you know, and, and, and especially during the time that that song was written, you know, so many people were losing their jobs and their houses and their income and, right. you know, and, and turn, you know, drugs and soldiers coming back from, you know, tours. And there's just so many, so much despair or uh, um, depression or people are going through bad times. We've all been there. And sometimes it's, it's good as to reach out. The, the smallest effort really could make someone's day or well, almost save their life, too, depending on who they are. Wow. So that's kind of where Hold On, Hold Strong came from. Um, so there's a video to it, which is very, pretty meaningful. And uh, what makes it so special for us is I never in a million years growing up thought that we're going to do a song and we're going to have Monty from Samara in the video and, and, and vocally in the song with us. Hmm. So hmm. so to have Monty from uh, you know the, one of the original skinhead reggae bands. So um, hold, hold actually, on. Uh, How did you pronounce your, it? Monty? No, his, no, 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 the band. Uh, because growing up in England, we we always said Simarip, which is you're 100 correct. Simarip, Simarip. Okay, no, uh, I just I never, I just never heard that. I was wondering if I was band, doing it wrong. Same band. Yeah, your 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 pronunciation is probably more spot on. Mine's just, mine's just, well. Well, you met you you met it. you met the guy from the band, and I didn't, so you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so that really 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 cool video a really cool song and and be able to perform with him and hang out with him and build a relationship with him was pretty amazing so you know some of these songs on the album have other people that are part of it and it really makes it extra special to be able to share it with other friends and, and uh, family see the funny thing about that Tom and you probably don't know because you weren't and you're not a Scar fan of any any oh, means no, I'm really not no. but like okay so Simmerip, um, their their big album was called Skinhead Moonstomp Came out in like seventy, mm-hmm. I believe, and mm-hmm. and the album, the 70? album, yeah, nineteen seventy, wow. yeah, um, and the album has, um, it's just got a bunch of like white skinheads on the cover, so you mm-hmm. just you just figure that's who the band is. I know the band's all black. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah, why no, they put no. that cover together, but there you go. I was just always thrown by that, you know. Now I always wonder if that was the cover or is the original cover the the boot with the rolled up cuffs stepping on the moon. Oh, maybe it is. I mean, that's the only that's the only one that I remember. Anyway, was that one right, with, yeah, all the, with all the skinheads on it? Because it probably came probably out in had a England, cover right? For the USA, the US print probably had a different cover, right? It happened. I, you, you know what? You, who, who knows? But yeah, the original the original one is I think the the boot with uh, um, stepping on the moon for moon, moon stomping, and then uh, they came out with the other version with uh, skinheads on the cover and. You would never expect you got white skinheads on the cover. Not that it matters, and you turn over, and there's a whole there's a whole band, and they're not white. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just funny. So, you know, I was always like, oh, Simmer so really looks like a tough bunch of guys. Makes a lot of people scratch their heads that aren't familiar with the history of ska or yeah. reggae. <laughs> yeah, and of course it was on it was on Trojan, of course, uh, that uh, that great mm-hmm. original Absolutely. ska logo. I have a ska label. Well, it is, yeah. it is funny because like my age, so I'm I'm I grew up in the era where ska was pretty popular I'm, I'm in my late 40s and sure. Scott had that resurgence in the like 90s and i did not like it i still don't the most popular You're... grand rapids band punk ish band is a ska band and it's just not my thing but the, are you talking about like the second wave or third wave 
That would be third like, wave. You yeah, know, third wave. Plug? Yeah, third wave. That's horrible. Yeah, agreed. Horrible. Agreed. So they're they're good dudes, and and I, I even I've seen the band like thirty times, you know. But it's just not my it's just not my Who? thing, you know. Less than Jake, all that. I don't have anything against any of those guys. It's just not for me. No. It's just, so it's I kind just, of. Uh, it... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm on here. No, no. So I think I've kind of been poisoned to it. And like reggae, like I don't mind a little bit of reggae. Like, I, but I only know like Bob Marley, and you know, it's not like sure. I'm not an expert by any stretch. But what I like about what you guys do with it is you stick it in, but it's not like a whole song. You kind of work it into the work it into the thread of the song. You know, it's a little break because I don't a little, know a little bit of a breakdown. Just kind of show, a little, yeah. little, it's more, more like a tip of a hat to our roots. There you go. Well, I'm I'm very That's much I'm very much with Bo. I mean, I I dig I love first wave and I love second wave too. I love I love obviously mm-hmm. the selector you, and you the specials. Toaster, spe, you know, special yep. selector. Yep. You know all, all, all those bands. You know, but uh, you know you first you know you start talking about Derek Morgan, Desmond Dexter, Prince Buster, yep. Roll Aiken for your first you know your first wave or you know taking it, any you know your Whalers when you mentioned Bob Marley you know so. You know, the, you, you can hear a lot of that stuff in the second wave, but they just added a little bit more of a sing-along punk aspect to it. But third wave, they just went batshit crazy. I don't know what the hell they did. Yeah, and the fourth, oh, pop, fourth wave's right? even worse. Just, fourth wave's horrible. Is that the fourth wave? Is that what's going on now? It's that, like, it's that, like, it's basically, like, ska punk or whatever, right? Like, freaking skank and pickle and shit. It's just terrific. Yeah, I have well, no idea what the hell is going on right now. I can't even keep a track of what wave. Let's like try to figure out what generation of punk we're in now, right? Like, I hope they don't, don't come out with a fourth wave. I hope they go backwards, not forward. <laughs> exactly. It's dude. Ska's like COVID. There's just every time you look around the corner, there's a new strain of it. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. <laughs> and nobody nice. wants to. Nobody wants to catch it. <laughs> exactly. Oh God, nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. So. You were talking about earlier. You're talking about kind of your newer band members. So, you are you guys all like close to each other geographically? Or are you spread all over the country? No, well, everybody lives in Atlanta. Atlanta has an incredible. Okay, because you mentioned team. somebody was from. Okay, I got Go ahead. you. You said it was. You said it is a good scene. Is there a good punk scene in Atlanta? Oh yeah, there's a huge. I mean, Atlanta scene has really resurged. Um, came around and uh, there's a big rock and roll scene. In Atlanta, good oi scene. Good punk scene so um and, and the cool thing about it is everybody like you know a lot, lot of cities you have your different cliques you know your rock and rollers hang out rock and rollers and you know like the cool sure. thing about Atlanta is pretty much you know everybody goes to each other's shows and hangs out and um you know mm-hmm. even if it's not your cup of tea there's still a, there's still a mutual respect for the underground so well let, let um, me let me ask you about that because yeah. um I um had the mis- <laughs> have the misfortune of being an Atlanta Falcons fan for a long time and so sure. I used to go down there. I used to go down there all the time. I mean, I used to go down there two or three times a year right. to games and stuff from from Chicago, where I am. I am. Okay. And um, like downtown Atlanta is dead. There was nothing in downtown Atlanta. So when you're saying there's a good scene, is it all out in the burbs and stuff, or what? What are we talking? Uh, it depends on you know the the, 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 the scene's going to be at the shows for the most part. You know, so I mean, it's not it's not like going to be a Coventry in England or if you were just hanging out in the city streets or anything like that, right. you know, like back in the day for you, you know, it's going to be, you know, what, what are the, what are the hot clubs or spots or bars or, 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 or live music venues? But and that's they, where people are going to, are they uh, in the city though? Are, gonna send. are they in the city or, or, um, or are they out yeah. in like uh, Buckhead yeah. and stuff? Uh, well, you know, like, uh, yeah, right. Um, no, it's, it's, it's all, it's all city based. You okay, know, you, cool. you got your, you got your star bar and, uh, you got your East Atlanta Village area. Um, you got your um, 
your uh, West Side area. Um, so it's just it's just it's just Midtown would be another club area. The Highlanders in Midtown. So um, it's just a different little pockets, but it's all going to be Atlanta. Okay, cool. So so your other your other gig, you you book a lot of shows, right? Uh, yeah. So I also run Dirty South Booking. So I've done a lot of festivals and different touring bands coming through. I booked. So you to book just your area, or do you? I mean, you book locally, or do you book for bands, or do you book for your area, or both? Or you know, now I just book shows for bands coming through, where I'll do festivals like a whole weekend deal. Like I just helped out with a festival called Forty Fest this last weekend, and they had like two days and like twenty bands from across. That was uh, a sweet. That was a that was a great looking. That was a great looking festival lineup. Actually, it was a good. I saw. I saw like one of the bands, like Lord Class Brats, had to drop out, right, and the Queers ended up filling in. (laughs) Yeah, queer filled in. Joe, Joe and the boys live local, so um, you know, and, and they're really an intricate part of the family. So he called right up and and offered to help out, and that was amazing. It was a perfect shoe in. So, it's funny you get so you have a long standing relationship with the queers. Obviously, you recorded with Joe, and you did that split. Uh-huh. When you guys play together, which I know you've toured together, I mean, are the uh-huh. fans of them and your fans i mean are they copacetic is everybody cool with that i mean is it pretty is it you know, pretty uh it seems to me that you you guys are different ends of the punk spectrum you know what i mean to me at least the crazy thing is is because of like well, let's take kings for example you know that that album or those songs can be played with so many different genres of music so you know we just did, True. you know we we just got done playing uh, uh um oh what the hell is it like like we 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 played a show with the Dickies in Tacoma. How was that? Was that cool? Oh man, we 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 did like record merch sales. It was amazing <laughs> because the the you know we, we we put on a live performance. You know, we very energetic on stage. We incorporate using the crowd for sing-alongs and different things like that. And we have a good time. And you know, I, I'd much prefer a punk rock crowd or just a mixed genre crowd of people who are there who just want to have a good time who. You know, don't have chips on the shoulders, and they're not trying to start fights or whatever. They, they, they came because they want to see music. They want to dance and have a blast. That's who we want to play to. There you go. So, I you suppose know, the, the queers, queers crowd is kind of the same, right? They're not, not really like a hardcore crowd. No, yeah. no, they're not like a hardcore crowd. You know, you're going to just older people, younger people, you know, the, 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 the pit's going to, you know, no, no one's trying to kill each other. They're, everybody's just having a great, everybody's smiling, having a good time, and and then uh, you know afterwards, and, and it helps us pick up a whole new fan base. So, just having I don't know about the, the mixture. Go ahead. I, I don't know about the killing each other part because Neil and I actually just saw the Queers and Susie Moon like two nights in a row in Chicago at, at Reggie's on a in December, and yeah. some guy dumped beers Neil's beer all over him. I'm pretty sure he wanted to kill him. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I was yeah, going to be the true. old guy that's starting true. the fight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, it's I, funny because you guys you guys have. You guys have done West Coast, you've done East Coast, but when's the when are, when are us Midwesterners going to get a taste of the uh, new record live? Well, it's good, funny you say that. We just turned the dates in, so you're going to see us in March, April, or May. Excellent. Nice. You'll see us in the next couple will months. You, what, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be coming through. Well, can you can you say what cities, or you're not quite there yet? Uh, well, we're working on... Well, we're, we only do... Right, right now, we're doing weekend jobs, like a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, once a month. So, you know, for okay. instance, Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, or Cleveland, Chicago, Minneapolis, or Detroit, gotcha. Chicago, Milwaukee. So that would be like one The run, one common factor you know. being 
Chicago. Excellent. The one yes. common fan in Chicago. Chicago. We we got some good friends. Uh, uh, Fear City is a band in Chicago that. Fear that City. Yeah, I know those guys. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know. So, so they, they. Where do you come where do you play? Where do you play Chicago? You do Reggie's or you do like the uh, Cobra I, Lounge we, we or where do you guys play? We played Reggie's twice and Cobra Lounge twice. Okay. Oh, lucky. Matter of fact, that's the only two clubs. The only two clubs we played. We, we did uh, 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 Reggie's with Bruising Glory and another time with Inter Riot, and then we played both Midwest Live and Loud festivals at uh, Cobra Lounge. Oh, that was a cool. See, now that's a cool festival. I don't think they've done that the last couple of years, but yeah. that was a cool little festival no, because, too. No, because of COVID. As a matter of fact, the last time we played, we played right before um, uh, Monty doing a whole Simmer of cover, uh, uh, um, cover show. Hmm. So he. Um, oh no, kidding! So that 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 was last time I played Chicago was with him. And actually, it was then huh. that that we decided that we're gonna uh, he was gonna work with us on a song. Oh, that's so cool! That all yeah. started there in Chicago. Everything huh. happens in Chicago, Tom. See. see? Well, it, well, that's. It, I mean, it is true. If you're gonna do a Midwest tour, you have to do Chicago. I mean, I you know, Detroit's yeah, secondary at this point, unfortunately. I, I live right between Detroit, and Chicago, so I kind of go both ways. But the truth of the matter is, sure. Neil's in Chicago, so it's easier for me to go up there or down there or wherever yeah, it is. Down, oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely coming through. It's very important for us to hit Chicago. Um, so we're just trying. Um, and actually, we were going to do March, but I think, oh, yeah, the day that we're going to be there is the day the Circle Jerks are going to be there. Oh. So it's like, oh, that's yeah, kind of yeah, hard to compete probably, with. Yeah, we're, we're going to come back another time. Okay, good, good, yeah, because we got tickets to that one already. Yeah, yeah. We're, Circle Jerks we're in seven seconds and negative, uh, yeah. Negative approach, yeah. Negative yeah. approach. It's going to be a great show. Hopefully, we saw we saw Circle Jerks at Punk Rock Bowling. I thought they were pretty amazing. Neil wasn't that impressed, but I thought they were great. Yeah. So I thought they were good. I went to I saw them in Atlanta uh, last month with with Negative Approach and uh, uh, Municipal Waste, which I've never seen before. Oh, yeah, in yeah. Wow, were they they're they're an amazing band. The drummer, Joey Castillo, what a stud! <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! And, and, and the like singer, a... the singer's like he's up there smiling and having the best time of his life. Every, yeah, Keith Morris is like 65, right, or 70 or something. He still kicks butt. He's good. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, and the, I got to say, for us, the, the seven seconds thing really settles it. We didn't kind of, you know, thought they were done. They said they were done. We figured they were done. So Yeah, they're coming cool. in April, so I'll see the seven seconds version, too. Cool. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Is it time, Neil? Is it time for another song? Sure. Uh, yes. Do you want to do? Actually, I think you had something from the first album picked out too. Should we do something from the well, first? Well, we already album? played one for the first. Oh, we, we, we did. Played one I thought... for the first. Okay. Uh... Well, do you want to do the Saints cover? Let's ask you about the Saints cover. Yeah. Yeah. How could we decided to do that? Well, that's a beast. It was on one of the EPs, right? One of the split EPs that you did. Always it was the been a favorite split. band of mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, rock and roll. We did a song called Rock and Roll Rebel. I, well, I just thought those were two songs that are in our arsenal, and if you're playing, if you're doing a split with the uh, pop punk legends, and, and, and you know, definitely queers have a lot of rock and roll to them. You know, I, we picked out two of our most rock and roll songs: "Rock and Roll Rebel" and uh, "Saint Stranded." And and uh, you know, I, we, we've always wanted to lay down the, the Saint song on something. We didn't know what and where, and it was just a perfect opportunity to drop it. There you go. Cool. Yeah, so for, for those that don't know the Saints from Australia, they actually might have 
Well, no, I think that's single. They were like oh, that 76, 77, seven, yeah, right? Yeah, that album really, came out. Really... That first album came out in 76. So it pretty much was about yeah. the same time as the first Ramones album. So very, very early, mm-hmm. very, very influential. Um, so, yeah, let's do, let's hear it. This is Antagonizes ATL with their version of I'm Stranded, mm-hmm. originally by the Saints. Saints, uh, the Saints. That was Antagonist's ATL version of, of I'm Stranded, the classic uh, by the Saints. And uh, actually, the Saints are on the cover of uh, the new Vive La Rock, which should be coming out any any day. This, any day. Saw so, that. Yeah. 
why, why are they on the cover? Is there something going on? Like they're just bringing back memories, or is there something like what's what's the deal there? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're like re-releasing like the first couple of albums or something, or if they got something new coming out. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, there must be something if they're on the if they made the cover of Evil Rock. Well, I mean, yeah, the average reader, the average reader of Evil Rock is like 54 years old. I mean, what are they gonna put on there, right, Neil? <laughs> actually, no. Actually, it's actually the the average reader is probably older than me, so that would probably be in their 60s. <laughs> yeah, but wow. um. The problem with it is the type is so damn small. So for us old guys, you, you make the type a bit bigger of Evil Rock. Come on, what are you doing? Come on. Nice. Remember when you were a yeah. kid and you would go? Were you a kid and you go over to your grandma's house and everybody had Reader's Digest, right? <laughs> but they made two Reader's everybody. Digest. They made the one with ads, and then they made the one that didn't have ads and just had the giant print for like old people. Maybe yes. you can get that, Neil. You can get like the Please. the giant print Evil Rock. That's what I need. That, that's actually what I need. Yeah. Um. So actually, but talking about so okay. So that was on the split EP with the Queers, which you put out on uh, Sexy Baby Sexy Records, Baby. which we just yeah, had. Yeah. We, ju- we just had out Mike. Yeah, we just had Mike from Sexy Baby yeah, on a couple had Mike episodes on a couple ago. Weeks ago, he was yeah. he was great, great guy. Yep. And, he, and it's he's funny because he'd never he had never unlike yourself he had never done any publicity before i know you you're kind of the guy in the band who does all that stuff and but he had never done it before but he came through admirably even though i think he was a little nervous when we started so yeah and he's my barber as well which is pretty cool um there you go so but how come if you, you don't went... say nice things about him he'll give you a bad haircut yeah know? there you go so how come how come you decided to go with those guys to do an ep how, um how the heck did we do that because oh because Mike did a, a, a live, a live queers record, and okay. he uh, really, and then he, yeah, he did a live queer something, and then uh, he might have even done another queer split, um, but then he had he did a what was it called? There was a punk compilation that Mike did, and we were on that compilation, so he reached out to hmm. us. We were on that compilation, and that's how we that's how we uh, uh, met each other. Hmm. So when so when we well, were I mean, recording, go ahead. No, no, you, you. I'm sorry, I, I gotta stop interrupting. We're listening to you talk, not me talk. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. No, it's okay. So, so when we were recording, when we were recording the album, and and Joe and stuff like that, Joe, and the crazy thing about that album that I don't think anybody about that seven inch. I know you asked about Mike, but um, the the Queers put out two songs on that seven inch that he re-recorded for um, what's the name of that uh, that album? Um, Back to the basement. Beneath, they were from the, something about weren't they the from Valley. Back to the Valley? No. Oh, 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 beyond from, the Valley of the Asphalt. Beyond yeah. the Valley. So or whatever it is. So yeah. that was that that was important for Joe to put that out because he re-recorded the whole entire Beyond the Valley album because it never got any royalties hmm. from that ah, album. Yeah, hopeless. Good old hopeless so, records. Yeah. So so he re-recorded it and put it and and re-put it out and took two songs from that album before it was released and that's and that's where it made up seven inch. Yep, he's re-recorded both his hopeless records. That's right, totally. I, 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 I never a big fan of that when bands do it, but those ones actually did sound pretty good. Those re-recordings, I was, pre- I thought they were pretty decent. So, uh, Joe, Joe's legend, man. He'll, he'll get it done right. He did. He, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a funny guy. You know, seeing him, I, I hadn't seen him for quite a few years, and then we saw him three times this year. I didn't realize he didn't play guitar anymore. He just stands up there and belts it out. He's got this young guitar player that just this young oh, no, guitar he, player is a killer. No, not anymore. Live, he, he doesn't. No. We saw him three times. He didn't yeah. play. Li- he didn't play guitar on any of his live shows. What? Mm-hmm. He just stands there like Joey Ramone, dude. Pumps his fist. That's yep. it. I yep. was shocked. So huh. yeah, 
Apparently, you didn't stay late enough the other night, huh? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I just, I just saw. Uh, I have to take a look at that because last time we played you know, with them, fun. we played guitar. They had, they had, a, they have a guitar player from Italy. Yeah, the, the Italian them. guy yeah. with the long hair yeah. who looks like Fabio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, we and, saw him and, three and, times this year, and Joe never touched a guitar. The Italian guy's wow. a killer guitar player. He looks oh, like okay. he should be playing in a metal band, but he rocks. He's really good. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. Oh, Joe good. just stands there and pumps his fist. And it's funny. Oh, when awesome. we saw him in Chicago, they literally had fired Cheeto like three days before or something. And they just flew that's this funny. bass player in from somewhere else and never missed a show. That's the that's no. the phenomenon that is the queers, right? Joe wow. just drags that thing along. He just Joe is like, he just keeps that thing going, man. So I don't know if Robbie will be playing for him when they tour this next because they're they got some killer tours coming up. I don't know if well, Neil, you saw that they're oh, going yeah. out with the Dwarves for a while, yeah, the and they're going out with yeah. Teenage Bottle Rock for a while. Yep. Yep. So yeah, they're yep. doing yep. forty years. They're going to do a lot of stuff. I wonder if Joe's getting ready to wind it up and he wants to do a bunch of touring and Insanity make some money. I don't know. He's he's <laughs> hey, let our guest talk, Tom. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you go ahead. It's no, all cause... good. No, man, it's all good. So now we'll be we'll be playing some shows together here shortly. I was just talking to him the other day and like, hey. And, Looking at our skit, and that's what's kind of cool too, you know, just being able to, you know, take somebody like that. And he's just so down to earth, I, you know. It's, you, sometimes you just hanging out with the guy, and forget that, you know, the guy's got like fifteen albums released. I right. mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Played on Lookout and did all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, talking yep. talking about that split EP, it's a real it's a really nice package. Actually, the artwork is fantastic. It looks like Mike did a fantastic job with that whole uh, that whole Beyond the Dirty South Valley um, EP. Very 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 nice. That yeah, he really did. I think I think it, I think it, I think it had three pressings. Yeah, and, and there's then, a lot of different colors. Had, so, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, no, well, did I a, did uh, I already say that Mike did? He did the tapes for Kings too. Did I already he did. Say that? He did the cassette. Like, yes, I'm looking at it right this second. He did the cassette for yeah, Kings. He's doing the cassettes for. Yeah. 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 So you sell. You sell those off your merch table? I mean, are kids buying those? Yeah. 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 CD. Um, we got CDs, albums, and and, and cassettes. So okay. we got it on every platform and then digital too. So yeah, so he sent us our copies of the cassettes, and I put the CDs out. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe in this day and age how many, how many, we, we, we how many CDs we sell. I mean, we go through CDs like nothing. Huh. I mean, like water through a strainer. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Like this, so you go through you go through a lot more CDs than you, you go through a lot more CDs than you do vinyl at the shows. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. Uh, but, of course, you know the CD's because probably ten bucks or something, right? Five it's bucks. cheaper. Oh, five, five bucks. bucks. Okay. Yeah. CD. Yeah. You know, not every believe it or not, not everybody has a, a, a record player. Yeah. So, oh, lots you know, of people don't. A lot of people don't have a record player, you know, and and they want to walk away with something for five bucks. Well, first of all, merch girl is great. So I mean, <laughs> if you know, you're, I mean, you, you what you bought a shirt, but you're not going to listen to the music. Cough up the five bucks and buy a CD, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and nobody tells her no, so so she sells a shit ton of CDs. <laughs> yeah, is that she... like your girlfriend or your wife or something? Is that like your wife? Um, no, no. no. Her name is Lisa Shippy, and uh, but it's funny because she also works with me with uh, with what I do for a living, and uh, but she's she's a phenomenal, phenomenal merch person. Oh, that's really, good. And and, she, and everybody knows her, and she's really friendly with everybody, and she's really easygoing, and 
you know, that's who you want behind the merch table. Someone's going to talk to people and know people in all the different cities you go to. Yes, for that's sure. That's a good idea, though, you know. It's like, you buy the T-shirt, but you need the CD, too, because if I see you walking on a T-shirt, I'm going to make you name three songs. Yeah. If you can, I'll punch you in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, if you well, can't and, name and, three and, songs, and yeah. For, for <laughs> the longest time, our shirts were $15, so you know they're going to pull 20 out. Yeah, true There enough. you go. Let's Might as well. Be real yeah. about it. Oh, I would totally do so, that. I would totally. So what, you want five dollars back, or you want a CD with it? You want the CD, right? <laughs> or you could be <laughs> like, the, or you could be like the teenage bottle rocket merch woman and just say, "Oh, I owe you five dollars. I'll get it to you later," and then never do. Thanks. Nice. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We own that now. We own that yeah. thing. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, 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 don't oh. carry cash. You gotta have your gotta run a freaking credit card to buy a T-shirt, right? Ooh, uh, yeah. So with Kings, I, I assume you wrote the songs for Kings. It came out in 2021 early, so I assume you must have written most of the songs in like 2020 or 2019, right? Yes. Yeah. So have you got songs for a new album already in the can and stuff? We, we just started writing. We've got um, one, two, three. We're on our third song right now. Okay. So we, ha- we, we, have, we have them all laid out. We, you know, we just have to put the music to them. Okay, you so know- we just started that. It's hard when you're playing shows, though. You know, we play this sure. weekend, we play festivals this next weekend, and we play a couple of shows at Murphy's Law. So it's like you can only get together so often. So our top priority is new music, though. Gotcha. Um, you, you know, so what you, I... you anticipate the next. I mean, if you put the vinyl order in now, it might be ready by the time you're done with the record, right? <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, you guys. That's that's the advantage of playing for Pirates Press, right? They don't. I mean, I'm not saying they're not having any problems, but I know they deal with that plant in Czechoslovakia or whatever it is, and they well, seem they to be still plans, so. right? Yeah, they seem to be and cranking they're... their stuff out still. And they're really smart. They didn't clog. They didn't clog their pressing plant with, for, for my knowledge, with. You know the likes of Sony Adele. or something like that, where you know they're they're yeah. clogging up their, their turn time, so they they're pretty smart about that. Now, what I really cool. what I really appreciate about Kings is, um, and, and you know I love Oi, I always have loved Oi, going back to the sure. early '80s. Um, but a lot of Oi bands they just fall into that typical thing where all their songs are either about. Drinking, fighting, working class pride, all all those typical oi kind sure. of things. And that's I, I like that about sure. Kings, that you didn't fall into that, that trope that everybody else, all the other oi bands tend to fall into. I mean, a little, so. there's a little. I mean, there's, there's a, a little, there's a little of that, but, you know, some, <laughs> some bands you listen to and that's all they sing about. And it's because, yeah, Cockney Rejects did that in 1981. We don't need to keep rehashing that, so... I, I really appreciate that about what you guys did. Uh, I, I, I think I, I, that was the goal. You know, the goal is I don't, we don't we don't want to be like everybody else. We don't want to sound like everybody else. So, you know, some people might think we do. I don't know. But, you know, we just kind of just want to do our own thing. And, you know, you want to call us a street punk band? Great. You want to call us an oi band? Great. Right now, we're just we're just playing street rock and roll and having a fun time doing it. I like it. Yeah. Good answer. What I want to do, what I want to do is meet you guys in Chicago and have a beer. That's what I want to do. So you know what, buddy? You, you, you got it. That, that, <laughs> hopefully we can do that in the spring. Hopefully we can do that in the spring. We will. So so you were actually driving. So you've been driving while we were talking to you. You were driving from where? You're driving from Atlanta to Bur- somewhere Atlanta north? To Birmingham, I, no, Birmingham, Alabama. It's only about two hours away, two and a half hours. Okay, is gotcha. This, is, this, your, is, your, is this band business or something else? No, no. I do marketing and auto sales for, oh. for, for, my, for my job, my career. 
so I've got a couple car dealerships I have to go visit. Oh wow! Okay, nice. Truth be told, so you keep so you keep all your tattoos off your hands and neck, right? You gotta <laughs> you gotta keep your keep your hands and neck I do. clean. I do. My my arms my arms and everything covered down to the wrist. But you know, I'm in marketing and sales, so if they have a problem with my tattoos, I just well they don't tell me about it. And as long as I make them money, they don't care. That's, That's true, true enough, man. That's so true. So you've, you've been working from home then, or you've mostly been going to work? Uh-uh. I work from home. Got to nice. build a home office, and I've uh, been working from home for probably like the last five years. I, I mean, I'll travel to my accounts, but no. Um, work. I've, I've been in the car business for 20 years, and that's one thing I always wanted to do is not be caught up in a schedule and be able to work from home and so oh so even before able. even before covid you were working from home that's pretty cool so if you feel like grabbing your guitar and you're sitting at your desk and you get inspiration you can grab uh, your guitar uh, or whatever absolutely and, if i want to do that if i want to just record some lyrics i could the only person i answer to is myself now how how there you how, go. how old that's of a guy are you are you in your 40s I'm, I'm 49 okay same as you tom well he's already is it I'm not quite 49 yet, Neil. I'll be 49 in May. Ah, so shut I'm, up. Uh, okay, you're young. You're younger than me. That's all right. Rub it in. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm. I'm. Are fi- you guys? I'm 59. You, you so all, I got you. Are all the guys in the band in their? All the guys in the band in their 40s then? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except okay. Billy. Billy's just, in his 50s. There you go. Me and Billy. Me say, and Billy against the world. A, see. I was gonna say yeah, your original right. guitar player, the guy who came for the Antiheroes, would definitely have to be in his 50s by now. But that's all right. Yeah, I would say. I would say so. I would say so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just saw saw him at a party uh, last week. He's doing, he's doing good. It's funny. I was going to ask you if you grew up listening to them, but if you're not from Atlanta, I I don't know. Like I was wondering. I I, I mean, anybody in the street punk or oi knows who the hell. Oh, gotcha. Wait, because it's always it's always interesting because sometimes a band like that, who I sat in Michigan and I absolutely loved the Antiheroes. But, you know, sometimes those bands don't always get the love in their hometown that they deserve, you know? I was wondering, like, you guys you guys do pretty well in, in Atlanta, or you pretty much like to get on the road? No, um, you know, it's kind of funny. It took us three years to break into the scene. Hmm. Uh, it was really weird. Like, you know, we, we started playing, and, like, I don't, I, I'd like, I think that we had a part in, in resurging the scene, to be honest, um, in our style, hmm. in our genre. Um, and a couple other bands started started coming around, but they, when we first started, it was rough rough going. But now, uh, but now, yeah, we we definitely have a good fan base, a good family that comes out and supports. We played at that festival was an all ages show, so that was the first time that a lot that other people under twenty one was able to see us in several years so and who, locally. Who who were some of the other local uh, Atlanta bands that we should know about? Uh, well, there's a couple. One is uh, called Hanging Judge. Okay. And uh, they are phenomenal. Um, See, no, that's one of the one of the guys from the Queers is in that band, right? Or one of the old Queers uh, guys yeah, or something? Yep. Yeah, uh, Cheeto. Oh, Cheeto, okay. The bass, player, the, the bass player, he just left the Queers. He got a, a, a T-shirt printing opportunity. but uh, um, So Cheeto's in, Cheeto's in uh, Hanging Judge. Our guitar player, Richard, he's a singer. And then the bass player that used to be in Patriot is also uh, play, plays hmm. in Hanging Judge. I think I it's uh, okay. thehangingjudge.com, the and they just released, they just finished recording their album, and they're searching for a label for it. But so hmm. Hanging Judge is amazing. Um, another band is called Strike First. That is uh, um, our, our other guitar player, Wynn, who's also in Faskins. That's his band. He plays guitar and sings for it. They're amazing. Hmm. Um but the top one, that, one of the top acts that everybody's talking about right now is Billy Bats and the Made Men. Is who now? Billy Bats. Okay. And the Made Men. Okay. I've seen that name around. 
Oh man, let me tell you. Uh, when we hang up, I'll send you a video clip. Uh, the Good stuff, huh? Drummer's 15 now. He was when he was 13 is when I discovered them. <laughs> Two of them are brothers. They're a three-piece band. They've got more energy than they, they got. They they they're the future, and they know oh. more about 80s punk rock and and 80s old hardcore and everything like that than, than half my friends know. And the drummer's probably just as good, if not better, than the majority of drummers I know. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's hmm. crazy. It, they, they are that amazing. Look up, just look up Billy Bats and the Made Men. Um, if you want to... Here, I got one for you. Look up their video, Circle Jerk's cover of Red Tape. <laughs> they cover Circle Jerk's Red Tape. If you want to see this guy, how good this guy is on drums, playing hmm. Red Tape on drums is nearly impossible. And this guy just does it flawlessly. You know who wrote oh. Red Tape, everybody? You know who wrote, wrote, wrote that? Wasn't Keith Morris? Nope. Jeffrey Lee Pierce from the Gun Club. Thank you very much. Wow. Was right? I'll take that. Yes. That. I'll take that one to the bank. Drop the knowledge. Yeah, there you go. I'll take, <laughs> yeah, I'll take really who wrote that for 500? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you win. Yeah. Punk Rock Jeopardy with Neil. All right. Well, I think, I'll tell you what. We probably should let 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 uh bo get back to work well let's let's but play let's what, play we, one more song we got one more song to play so we can have him talk well, that up for the, us i want to do i want to do the motorhead like one i want to talk to him about motorhead because this is clearly a big influence on this band both the albums have a song on them that is really heavily motorhead influenced so i mean is lemmy one of your heroes or what, what are you the whole band love motorhead or tell us about your i don't know tell us how much you love motorhead or something he's like who <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I was passing a cop actually, and I was going a little fast. <laughs> oh no! Uh, if you get pulled over, you got to leave. You got to stay on the phone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Everything cool? You pulling out behind you? Uh, he's not behind me. Oh, I mean, he's cool. behind me, but who knows? Um, but right. I'm swerving, so he'll probably pull me over now. Um, <laughs> I got nervous. But uh, um, um, Lemmy is a huge, huge, huge. Uh, the uh, guitar player Win is a huge fan of Lemmy, and uh, oh, and I got on my phone when he passed me by. We got no cell phone rule. Oh, uh, he passed me. Woo. So a huge fan. No, everybody in bands is a huge Motorhead. So you got fan. a no? You got so, a no self? Is there a no cell phone rule in Georgia? Yeah, no hand, no hands. Hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good to know, Neil. You know, I went down there twice last year for vacation, and I don't believe I observed <laughs> that at all. Yeah, you didn't care. I was probably okay. like scrolling through Facebook, going on the highway, eighty miles an hour. <laughs> nice. So yeah, both guitar players are huge Motorhead fans, and so you're going to definitely hear that in uh, Us Against the World. That's the one. And there was there was one in the first album, too, though. I don't remember what it, what it was called, but I thought it had a real Oh, 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 right. I, 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 I just had to, I had to mind blank. That's right. My own I'll, album. I'll, I'll figure it out later. It's still sitting on my turntable. So, nice. So, yeah, so this one, talk this one up. What's the, what's the, what, what's the thinking behind this song? You know what? The funny thing is, I, I I didn't write that song. That was Richard, our guitar player. He wrote the song. He he wrote the lyrics, um, and uh, that was his baby. And so I just basically huh. performed it. So that's you're uh, just singing it. Okay. I'm just, I, I I'm just singing it. And uh, I will tell you one thing though. Some something not too many people know. I know that you're you're going to do the Us Against the World, but you, somebody mentioned the song Problems. Yep, we played that one before. Um, okay. So the crazy thing about problems is it's got, not only does it have Chris from Gangrene on it, but he wrote that for his album, never released the song, and gifted us the song. Oh, really? Okay. So that was written by Chris from Gangrene. Hmm. Neil knows I'm a Neil knows I'm a huge Gangrene fan. So 
I must ask, is he doing – I mean, how's Chris doing? Because, you know, obviously he had a stroke a couple years ago. I was actually yeah. going to see him in Indianapolis, and he had a stroke. And he's his, his sort of uh, – you know, his demons have been pretty well chronicled. Um, sure. But what – how is Chris doing? Do you know? I mean, are you guys pals? Yeah, I, mean, can I saw – Can he, you text him? Yeah, I, I hung out with him and uh, Curtis from Tang um, in San Diego in October when we played San Diego. And uh, um, and he's doing – you know, he's doing good. It's uh, – uh, you know, I, I I don't know what – I don't know what the future holds as far as him playing guitar. Um, but the good news is he's walking. And okay. that was something that we weren't even sure he was going to be able to do. Wow. So he's walking. He's got, you know, he's got some issues with his left side. Um, but uh, for the most part, you know, he's doing, he, he, he's doing good. You know what? He's Chris. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's Chris. And he just beats the odds somehow, some way. So, but no, he's doing well. It's really good to see him. He came out to the show and stuck around and, uh, you know, and we've done about five tours with, with them before he had a stroke. So. Hmm. Um, is really, 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 and, and we got signed, to, you know, and we got signed to Pirates Fest when we were on tour with them. So it's really uh, um, huh. meaningful to have him on the album, and then actually to have his backup vocals post stroke. That's that's the first thing that he's done ever since he's uh, since he had the stroke musically. So it, it, it has a lot of meaning for us um, with that song being on the album. It's. It's funny because, you know, it would be weird, like, if he could sing but not play guitar, it would be weird to see Gangrene without Chris playing guitar. You know, I've seen, him a, I've seen him a couple times, and I saw him once with, like, an extra guitar player, but once I saw him with just a, just a three-piece. So I don't know. Would you When you toured with him, were they a three-piece, or did they have an extra guitar? No, they had two guitar players. <laughs> they had two they had guitars, Chris, okay. Chris, Chris Donnelly uh, up in Cincinnati is a phenomenal a musician and he uh, uh he played uh, huh. a four piece so and, is he, uh, is he much in every, every tour. is he still when i saw him at tesco fest in detroit i know they were only three but does he still uh live on the east coast or is he somewhere else now uh, chris no chris yeah. is in uh, uh uh let me double check chris last i knew he lives in cincinnati chris chris from gangrene lives in cincinnati lives in cincinnati Absolutely. No kidding. Yep. Huh. I had no yep, idea. Yep, yep. I thought he was this a New Englander for life. Yeah, huh. no, he uh, got married and his wife lives in Cincinnati and he had a kid. And um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, matter of fact, ironically, we were on tour with Infraria a few years years back, obviously. Um, but uh, and we're playing Cincinnati and the promoter comes up to me. His name was Dave. He's like, well, hey, Gang Green just, re, you know, they just uh, got this reformed. And I want to know if, uh, if you would mind if they would take the stage and play a couple songs. I was like, what? <laughs> like, of course. And so before we played, Gang Green came up and played Alcohol and uh, played a couple other songs. And I was like, I can't believe that I just saw Gang Green. That's I mean, amazing. They, they, didn't, they didn't play for like 10 years or something like that. Huh. And, uh, and it was at, at that show, I asked him, I said, are you going to do any more shows? He's like, well, we need an agent. I was like, I'll book the shows and we'll play together. He's like, let's go. And then we played many shows together. Oh, that's cool. Hey, never yeah. mind. Never mind about Gang Green. Go back to N for Riot. Who was uh, who? Who were the originals? Were still playing in for Riot when when you played with them? Was Lee still in the band? Oh my, yeah. Lee Wilson sang. Uh, uh, Barry Barry's in the band. Uh, who else? Who else? Oh, the drummer. The drummer. What's the drummer's name? Uh, well, there was. I think he's original. It was Chris, and there was uh, Tom, maybe. Uh, yeah. 
but but yeah, but I mean, Barry, Barry and Lee are the two main guys. So that oh, okay, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, they're solid. Yeah, yeah. we played. We, we we did a tour with them, and then we played uh, a couple years ago. We played with them uh, uh, a couple shows on the West Coast, and we played with them at Punk Rock Bowling, and it was mm. Lee and Barry and them. Excellent. So good yeah, stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah, great guys. I don't like that. I don't like the passing over gangrene, Neil. I was going to say because I think, you know, I saw him in Detroit in like 2011 at that Tesco okay. fest, that Tesco fest that I've always talked about, which was a Tesco V thing, a meat men thing. And sure. they played at the they played at the first one and it was negative approach and the meat men and gangrene, Annie scene, a bunch wow. of it. it was a great lineup. Iron Cross, the old DC band. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah. Boy yeah. Band. But I, I believe the story was that they gangrene hadn't played forever and Tesco called them up and said, come play in Detroit. And they, they, that was the first show they'd played in years. I thought I see that. 2011. I see so that. that might, that might work with that time frame. I don't know. But anyway, I hope, I hope he, I hope they can play again. I, I'd love to see him one more time. <laughs> oh anyway. God. I hope so. You actually had, you had a couple more guests on the record while we're on the subject. This is, this is the way we go. We start wrapping it up. We're like Midwesterners, sure. do We say, well, we're this is the long, this is the then. longest talk into us against the world. <laughs> Cause right, that was the original, that was the original but no, thing. But you had, you also had Matt Henson from noise. Who's a phenomenal band, a phenomenal pirates press sure. band. They were from, from the Northwest, but I think they're in Tacoma. Texas now or something. Uh, Tacoma. Uh, they, they live in different places. Matt lives in, uh, Matt's in Texas, the Army. right? Uh, well, he was in Texas um, at like Fort uh, Bliss or something, but now he's at Fort Bragg. Hmm. Now where's that? Um, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. You got the Marine thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Army. Army. Okay. Army. He's a he's a first sergeant in the Army. Oh, he's still it. Okay, I didn't know he was still. Am I missing okay. somebody? Is it? I'm trying to think. Did you have another guest on there? Did I miss somebody? We talked about the talked uh, about the old reggae guy. No, we had we had Monty. We had Monty. Uh, we had Chris from Gang Green, and then we had um, Matt from Matt Those are okay. those are the three guests. All right, cool. All right. And I so think, I'm gonna, I think right. I'm gonna do that. Go ahead, I'm listening. No, no, go ahead. You're gonna do. You're gonna I was go saying ahead. I like I like that sharing, sharing the album with friends. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Know, it's I fun. Think I think we're onto something there. So it's, it's fun. We'll we'll, this, we'll have some surprises on this next one. Well, and the thing too, it's a hard. It's a newer punk band. Even though you guys aren't, even though you guys are older, as a newer punk band. Let's face it, older punk crowd is not that open-minded. No. So if you can, you know, make that connection to somebody who loves gangrene, or you know what I mean, it's kind of a cool way right. to maybe connect with a different generation. Let alone the I let alone so. the reggae guy. I mean, that's like two generations ago, right? I mean, that's like OG. <laughs> like OG. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that like eighty-year-old reggae guys are going to get into you, but they might. Who knows? Who knows? Hey, you so, know what though? But the but the, but the skinheads know who the hell he is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. They're, they're well, and, and same thing with yeah. noise. You know, they're one of the very best at what they do. The type of music Absolutely. they play of, of the modern bands. The guy's got a phenomenal, you know, great voice, great mm-hmm. raspy voice. But all right, so we're gonna play "Us Against the World." Then we'll come back and say goodbye and let you okay. finish driving to your to Alabama. Tour, unfortunately, that you can't do from home. Yep. Okay. You got it. So antagonizes so, right. ATL uh, with the last one tonight. This is uh, us against the world. It's the last track off the album.
Okay, us against the world there from uh, Antagonizers ATL. Good stuff. Well, listen, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Like yeah. I said, we've been trying to catch up for the longest time. I'm glad we finally got a chance, and I hope we can. I say I hope we can do it in the flesh this year at some point. Oh, we will. We will. We're gonna go to Chicago, and you'll see it. All, it'll be promoted everywhere, and uh, um, definitely look forward to meeting you guys, cracking a beer, having a couple stories, listening to this interview when it comes out, and. Uh, you know, th- th- thank thank you very much for your vote of confidence. We're honored and humbled, and uh, everything like that that you, that you chose our album as uh, the album of the year, and that really really means a lot to us. So, uh, it's just hard it's just follow, it just hit me, man. It hit me so well, good. You. It just it just hit me hit me perfect hit me perfectly. Cool. So, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Stuff really means the world. Do we have do we have any? Uh, I feel like I feel like Bo's got some great stories about drunken debauchery but we might have to say that for next time i just feel we'll like i feel like there's time. some i feel like there's some good stuff there like, well, i feel like I, he's got drunk with some famous people well how about this let me do the professional thing so if you want to check out antagonizes atl probably uh piratespress.com right and they have all their merch yeah. and stuff on there and uh Absolutely. buy the album buy the album on vinyl the vinyl looks fantastic the whole package is fantastic so buy it the if you haven't is, done the it gold already is very nice yep the gold vinyl Oh, I, I have the uh, I have the clear with red splatter. It's uh, ah, right. yeah, wonderful looking. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is great, and the t-shirts look great. So yeah, check them out and uh, go see them when they tour. And uh, thank you for we, coming on. Did I say? Of course, you can get a hold of us at punktlightdie seventy seven at Gmail or punktlightdie podcast on Facebook or join our punktlightdie podcast group where we basically just talk trash. Yeah, that would be crazy if there's people listening to us for the first time because of this uh, because of this show because we're in the 150s now, so that'd be crazy. But it's, it's entirely true. possible. But like I said, we don't have much we don't have much reach into the south. I don't feel no. so. I like to I like to go into a new region. Mm-hmm. So anyway, hundred percent again, Bo. Yeah, best, thanks, Bo. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. No worries, you man. Bet. Yep. And to everybody out there, uh, keep a little mark in your heart and stay free. Smell you later. Smell you later. Die, die. So many records are divine.